Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with Ross Tucker. And it's time for Ask Ross. This is where we take your questions for Ross. And the best questions win the KSN Polo Shirt. If you want to submit a question for Ross, really easy. Just download our app, Keystone Sports. Wherever you get your apps, you'll see the Ask Ross button there. Okay, Ross, you ready? Yes, love it. All right, let's go big picture right away. Let's go with Brad from Percocy who says, at the conclusion of spring ball, what are your expectations for Penn State next year and why? And as a second question, what city has the best pizza you ever had? Ooh. Well, so I'll go with the pizza first. I am telling you, and I'm sure everybody will say that I'm biased and whatever. That's fine. I don't care. GNA Pizzeria in West Reading, Pennsylvania is the best pizza I've ever had. I think it's the seasoning, Jim. I think they put like special seasoning on it. And I think that's probably why it's so good. But I'm telling you, West Reading, Pennsylvania. GNA, I've had pizza everywhere. I lived in Chicago. I lived in New York. I've had pizza everywhere. I've never had pizza I look forward to more than GNA Pizzeria. The seasoning they put on it is the key. Um, I don't remember what the question was. Oh, Penn State expectations. Can you tell what I like talking about based on how I take the two-parters, Jim, by the way? Um, Yes. You know, I think this is a surprise year for Penn State. You know, this feels like one of those years where not a lot is expected from them. And I think as a result, they are going to exceed expectations. So my guess is the sports books, type of stuff we talk about on the Even Money podcast. How many wins? I, I don't know, maybe it's already posted. How many wins do you think they'll have them at, Jim? Um, eight and a half, nine. I think they'll have them at eight and a half. And I'm okay. going to take the over. I think they're going to surprise people. And I think they're going to win nine, maybe ten games. So I think they're going to surprise people. It just feels like they are able, they exceed expectations when the expectations are low. And at times they fail to meet them when the expectations are high. That is my, that's my guess. Uh, uh, Ross, to show you where I come from, I'm going to respond to one of your answers. Guess which one I'm going to respond to? Pizza. Exactly. I think it's natural to have the bias for the hometown pizza. I'm not going to get into where in Berwick you could get the best pizza. But I lived in Philadelphia for many years, had a very good friend who was from Detroit, and actually used the words, gee, you can't get a good pizza in Philadelphia. Come on. You can't get a good pizza in Philadelphia? Really? 
So, again, to me, it's just that bias to the hometown. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get to Mike in Colorado. Mike says, love seeing all the pics of you and your family, Ross. I'm sure you don't get that chance very often during the season. My question is, if you took over for Mark Emmerich, who's the head of the NCAA, how would you change the transfer portal, and what is the first rule you would change? Ooh. Oh, man. It's a good question. There are positives of it, Jim, but I saw a recent study. 54% of FBS transfers, people that go in the transfer portal from FBS, never enroll in another school. Now, that doesn't mean they never play football at another school. They never enroll, Jim. They're never even in school. If it's a grad transfer, I've got no problem with that. And I guess I was told a decent percentage of them are walk-ons. You know, they're preferred walk-ons that go there, realize they're not going to play, and they want to go somewhere else where they have a chance to play. Okay, that, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I really struggle with the kids that give up their scholarship and then never go to another school. So they don't graduate and they never play again. I guess it's their life. And I don't know, Jim. I, I don't know how we could fix that. I don't know what we could do to make that better. Um, but that's the part that really bothers me. That's the part that bothers me a heck of a lot that these kids don't ever even graduate when they're on full scholarship. They should be able to graduate. That hurts. Ross, I'm not sure, as you said, I'm not sure there is a fix for that. And not to be cold about it, but I think this is something now, a freedom that the players are being given. They're now, they're over 18 years old. They're adults capable of making their own decisions. I think the only thing that could be done is for the NCAA and for the schools themselves to educate the players on some of those facts that you presented. That, look, you're going to go into the portal. There's no guarantee you're going to come out. I know as a, if James Franklin would say that to a player, it would sound self-serving. He just doesn't want you to transfer. But if the kids have the facts, they have the freedom, it's on them. Now, the rule I question even more than the transfer portal is NIL, which I'm using as the segue to our next question, Ross, which is from Rich in Greensburg who says, do you think scholarship limits will soon be obsolete? His thought being that without taking the scholarship, you could still offer a top recruit, say $100,000, and just tell him he has to pay his own tuition, and he wouldn't count against the scholarship limit. And that's a way to get around the rules. So that is really interesting. That's the first time I've heard that, that that could be a way to get more than 85 scholarship players, that's fascinating because I've talked to a lot of people about NIL. NIL is 
huge right now. NIL is a difference maker in recruiting right now. I do think it'll start to settle a little bit, Jim, once some of these big donors are paying out big money to get recruits who end up not panning out. I don't think they're going to keep doing that. You know? So right now, Texas A&M and Tennessee, Tennessee guaranteed a kid $8 million, a quarterback from California. What happens if he stinks? I mean, can you imagine? They're not going to give him another. They're not going to be giving guys that are unproven $8 million. And by the way, this is not what NIL was supposed to be. But I knew this was going to happen. Anybody with half a brain knew this was going to happen. That there'd be a loophole. It says in the contract, you don't have to go to Tennessee. But all the appearances are in Knoxville. And that would be amazing, by the way, if that kid committed to like Alabama and then just drove up to Knoxville for his appearances. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, that's a great question. What I would say to that, though, is they're already getting the scholarship and then some. So maybe it's like lower tier guys, but upper tier guys are already getting the full ride and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it would maybe be a way to get like three stars to come and say, we're not going to give you a scholarship, but we're going to give you NIL that will pay for your schooling. Um, that's a really interesting, that's the first time I heard that. And that's really interesting. Although if you're not on scholarship, you're not allowed to go to like training table. You're not allowed to, you know, get your books. But I just think it, it it would really complicate things. I don't think you're able to go to the academic support. Like I just think there are certain things you only get as a scholarship player. So even if they're giving you the, the monetary equivalent, I don't know how that would work. Well, the first I've heard of this is seeing the question from Rich, which came in a couple days ago. Interestingly enough, just this morning, I read an article in The Athletic where this exact same topic came up. And the answer, which I thought was interesting, it was a, a Q&A like this is, the writer mentioned, you know what, there's only so much playing time that can go out there. So if you're trying to get, say, an additional 5, 10, 15 people on you know, quasi-scholarship by paying them money, even though they're not official scholarship, where's the playing time going to come for 100 different guys? So it, it, there probably will be a limit to this, although NIL, it is a game-changer. It's changing how it works. I wish there was a way that they, the way they don't allow agents to talk to players in college before NFL I wish there was a way to say, before you're enrolled in the school, there's no NIL talk. So then it becomes what you do at the school versus a draw to get to the school. Right? Well, and let me just say this. I hope Penn State fans know this. I know how they feel about Penn State and the grand experiment and you know Joe Paterno and all that. That's changed. This is legal. This is allowed. If you want Penn State to be good, you need to be donating to this, the collective or whatever it is. You need to be part of it. Otherwise, Penn State's going to fall behind. They might already have. And and they might. 
and I'm just going based on my conversations with other Penn State fans, I don't think they're offended by NIL. They may prefer nobody had it, but knowing its reality, what I'm hearing from Penn State fans is we've got to be in that game also then so that we can compete, right? Yep. Well, unfortunately, that is going to have to be it. Ross, we're running low on time. I don't think we could get another question in. But I'll tell you what, it brings up the topic between the transfer portal and the NIL. I think we're going to have to talk about those things come summer because they're so big. Also, one last programming note. Next week, we will be talking about the Penn Staters in the NFL draft. The following week, we will get back to Ross's rating of the class of 22. That's it for quarter number three. Stick around. Andy Shea will be back in Q4. Hi, this is Ted Brand. I'm a member of the Penn State Board of Trustees, and I'm up for re-election along with Barb Duran and Bill Olsey. And one of our goals is, again, to freeze or even reduce tuition. And the way to do that is cut costs and get more students at the Commonwealth campuses, which would generate as much as $180 million. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Olsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel here to tell you about the great trip we're offering this fall for the Penn State Auburn game. In addition to charter flight and staying at the team hotel, we're also partnering with Keystone Sports Network. You'll have a chance to join Jim and Dustin as they record their show on site and even get the chance to ask your questions and be a part of the show. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there.